listening to the Heavy Checklist Podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Heavy Checklist Podcast. This is episode 12, I believe. And first of all, allow me to excuse ourselves, I guess is the best way to put it. Uh, We've been absent for a little bit. Our last podcast, I believe, was around like the end of January. Uh, And the reason for that was because we had a very big event, which you all knew about, called the Heavy Academy down in Las Vegas. And believe it or not, preparing for that event took a lot of our time, a lot of our energy. But the good news is it recharged us and gave us some new ammo and a lot of cool things to talk to you guys about today, which is what today's podcast is going to be about. Not all about, but definitely going to touch on it. Um, Before we get started, obviously, you guys know who's with us. We have, to my right, Mr. Kenneth Thompson, longtime friend of mine. In fact, my oldest friend here at the table, uh, known each other since fifth grade, and he is a real estate guru and overall just generally great guy. I want to say general wellness expert, but I don't know if you're... Are you an expert? I feel like wellness in general, it's difficult to be an expert in, yeah. but I'm passionate about it and I love it. You do well at being well. He's got a body of a that god. Sounds well. he, he, he does. And he slimmed up. You're like a buck yeah. 90 right now. You, I'm, I'm down about 18 from when we started this. Lean and mean. Yeah. You're looking good. good. I saw you with your shirt off this morning. Looking, oh, who's that there. guy talking? I wonder who that is. I'm trying to get there like our first <laughs> our guest. I won't say his name. Uh, one of our guests just broke the cardinal rule, which is don't speak until you're introduced. But... I kind of like it because it now creates this like aura of like mystery. Exactly. There it is. Hey, guess what? We got a sound effects machine. And that is direct courtesy of one of my very best friends in the whole world. You know who it is. DJ. Mr. DJ Marcus Wing. And that was not a sound effect that I had to add from my phone. That was from this big mixer panel diddly-o that you got I'm over there. investing fully in the bro, game, bro. I can tell. New Every mixer. time we come in here, the audio is right. better. You got new equipment. And uh, we'll get into this in a minute. But what you put together in Vegas was like, un- like the most unexpected, delightful surprise I've ever come across in my entire life because we showed up. And it was a turnkey, ready-to-party event. www.4fxproductions.com. That's the one. Way above expectations. So that leads us to, we've got two guests tonight. And you guys are in for a serious treat. Because one of these men, 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 one of these mans, one of these men has an epic mustache. Well, had an epic mustache. I don't know where the curly cues went. And the other man has a very epic beard and a very recognizable beard. And it's not Diesel Dave However, Diesel Dave will be joining us at some point whenever he's done mowing the lawn or whatever he's got going on. So our first guest is a longtime friend of mine. He also works here at Diesel Power Gear. He is a partner of mine on the Heavy Academy. He's just an overall marketing guru, genius, wizard, Mr. Van Oaks. Ladies and gentlemen. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is... Van, yeah, yeah, I like that. That's good. Yeah, so I jumped man. the gun earlier. No, yeah, that, you've been planning that. You've yep. been planning that. Yeah, bro. Yeah, the guy Hove. who chimed in earlier. Hove. Yep, that was uh, Mr. Van. Mr. Van. Uh, some fun facts about Mr. Van. How many pairs of shoes do you own? A lot. I would say like hundred plus. No, over two hundred. Holy goodness. Yeah, I get asked a lot. I need to go through and count. You wear? What are you wearing? Yeezys. No, I got some fly nets on today. Did you have Yeezys at the Academy? I'm pretty, I don't even know what those I wore, are. But. I, I had a pair were Nikes, of, weren't I, they? I had a pair of LeBrons. Okay. And then I also wore a pair of Yeezys. Yes. 
Does anybody ever get like a pair of Barclays or like a? I have a pair of Charles Barclays. He really had a shoe. Yeah, Charles had a. He Chuck had Chuck, shoes. dude. He went to the finals, bro. Chuck had some shoes, bro. Chuck had some kicks. Huh. Yeah. What I about have Carl them. Malone? For John Stockton, the mailman. No, I don't think there's any Stockton. Oh, would, would Stockton no. be like a, 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 a white New Balance that you mow your lawn in? Yes. <laughs> I feel like that's think of your dad's <laughs> shoes, and that's what Stockton wore yes. on the court. K Swiss, yeah. dude, was a badass though. Oster Tag's got to have a signature pair of shoes. Yeah. Yeah. O Tag. Big no. old. It's probably yeah. more like an orthopedic insert. <laughs> Speaking of badasses, we've got another guest, which you guys are going to love, Mister. And you gotta guys, you guys gotta understand. I've only known this guy by his stage name for most of his life. So when I have to call like him his that. real name, I'm like Mister Vaughn Nivel. Like it's it's it doesn't roll off my tongue. But most of you know him as the Manspot. Welcome, Mister Manspot. Thank you, thank you for having me, Vaughn Neville. Right. N- Neville, no, okay. Harry Potter, Neville, and it's spelled the same way, but they say Neville. Neville. Yeah, is there an, like an accent in there somewhere that accentuates the? I've started to. Oh, I guess probably ten years ago, I started capitalizing the V. So Ooh. there's an emphasis. Nice, on I like it. Neville. Nice. You could just do that, like out of nowhere, just start yeah. cap. Yeah, hell yeah, you totally. can. Van does it with his. I capitalize all my letters. <laughs> but, in my but, but what inspired that was family history. I found out huh. that um, my uh, my grandpa huh. did it. But the rest of his brothers didn't. Why my dad didn't carry that on, I have no idea. So that's probably the right way to do it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is an Idaho thing because that's where you're from, right? Correct. I like it. Yeah. You know what's hard is to invite a, a couple like that you're friends with on a trip if they have an S in their last name. The Oaks, Oaks, the Oaks are, Oaks are coming. Oaks is, I remember in elementary school, I got a basketball for Christmas and I like, you put your name on your basketball. You didn't want to get stolen. And I'm like, how do you, as a like sixth grader, I'm trying to spell Oaks's basketball. So it was like, O-A-K-E-S apostrophe S. Another and E. somebody told me like, no, it's just an apostrophe and that. Uh, yeah. That's why I didn't and it was permanent. school. That's why the Sparks oh, yeah, is. permanent. Yeah, Sparks yeah. is as easier to say though than the Oaks's. Oaks's just feels Rough, right? Yeah, oh, yeah they're rough. both pretty now, did, rough. Did that basketball come it is hard. Shoes? No, no. At the time, we didn't have any money for shoes. I got the payless, like <laughs> the payless Reebok pumps. They weren't even Reebok pumps. Where do you pumps? keep were... all these shoes? Two hundred shoes. Did your wife like shoes? I when I when I built my home, to so his I, and hers. I built a home with a closet that has a second section. Have you been to my home? You've seen it. Uh, yeah, a second section for. My shoes, and wow. it's just that's from like, floor to ceiling. Like shoe NBA baller. That, that is that's commitment. That, like, there's one thing I cared about in my home when I built my home. My cousin built it. And I said I need. Uh, I sound pretentious, but no, I need a space for my shoes. That's all right, hey, man. Hey, that's, that's respect. Everybody's, Everybody's got, got their, their thing. You, know what you need. Oh, Everybody's yeah. got their thing. Yeah. I like that. I uh, I have a lot of pairs of different shoes, boots, and stuff like that, but they're scattered across Davis <laughs> County, like all over the place, man. And I have. I just counted the other day. I have. Seven pairs of the same boots, the the Ariat Sport Patriot, and I got to the point where I was literally wearing them. Like there's my Monday boots, my Tuesday boots, my and I was cycling through them, um, and I, I simply just did that because it was so simple. Like my outfit, I knew what it was. I was going to throw those on, and that was that's all I needed. I didn't have to like think about it. So kind of oh look who just joined the room. What's Mr. Diesel Dave is here, and he's wearing a new wardrobe, guys, and he's looking fresh. Now, it snowed last night and today, and he is still wearing shorts. Yes, but he's doubled up up top, so it kind of it kind of like offsets the shorts. Balancing itself. He's out. wearing a sweater, a hoodie, and a, a vest. And I look good. You do look good. That's all uh, flag nor Damn fail good. stuff, right? Yep. 
Yeah. Right. That looks good. Rob Bailey, yeah. shout out. I mean, nice shout out today. Yeah. I did the teapot dance. Yeah. All day long for it him. It was a fantastic it's a special, dance. Special yeah, dance it. that Rob does. He killed it. I haven't seen the vest on a hoodie, but you you definitely own that. I love Thanks, it, man. I'm going to try it. Both flannel it. and camo in the same outfit. Yes. Yes, he yes. does. Sometimes I put on a different kind of camo shorts yeah. to really throw people off. If you didn't have a vest on, I wouldn't know where you were. Yep. You actually probably have different camo in your boots right now. Let's see. And One, there's the Digicam. There <laughs> All right, so listen, we've got a good 10 minutes worth of nonsense for you guys to jab around right there, so thank you for bearing with us. Um, where I was going with that comment, though, is there... I think Steve Jobs was on. Now that, this is probably Van's worst nightmare. It probably gives you anxiety just thinking about it. But the same outfit every day, like Steve, like there's something nice about being able to just have your go-to, right? No, Kenny Marcus. I mean, I I have uh, ten black shirts, yeah, and then I have ten white shirts, and that's all I wear. Yep. Besides I have a my pair flannels, of lucky. You have you know, your flannels. My flannels are a little different. I Don't do like those. So I, that's why I have a pair of lucky shoes. Yeah. I wear the same wear lucky pair of shoes. shorts, same sh- boots every single day. I don't have to make a decision on what to put on, and it's yep. the best thing. That's ever. the thing. Diesel Dave and I travel a lot. We're gone seriously almost every weekend right now, and uh, it makes traveling great because oh, yeah. I, I all I wear is Ariat jeans. I throw my Ariat jeans. They're all the same color, same style, same boots. Same, you know, a couple different t-shirts. All I do is mix up my shirts or my hat. Mm-hmm. Bam! I'm looking like I got variety, but at the same time, practical. <laughs> and you can pack all that in a matter of three minutes. Yep. Just you got a sock thing, don't you? I wear tall socks every day, all day, every day. But like even to the uh, yes, I wear tall socks all year round. And I'm you talking don't like wear to certain my knee. socks, right? Like they have to feel a certain way to you. Bamboo. I've seen you throw socks away. Ours are bamboo, right, Van? Normal. Yeah, bamboo. That's, that's a fun fact bamboo. about Van. Van is responsible for our product development here at Diesel Power Gear. Uh, one of his main responsibilities. Uh, when we hired him was to figure out how to develop cool new products. Now Van is a fashionable dude. I'll give him that. Van is a guy who he knows what, you know, uh, you know, a good outfit looks like. Uh, Thank you. On stage at the Academy, I saw you were wearing some jeans that were like rolled at the cuff and you had like a jacket and like looking like Marty McFly up there, but looking like a, a modern Marty McFly. Do you really mean that? I do mean that from the bottom of my heart. That you means, are the sh- You are my best good. dressed friend. That feels good. Man. Outside. I mean, even over Kenny. Wow. Yeah. Whoa, yeah. hold on. Now that just happened. Wow. Did you just hand him the, you the, bet he got the style? Yep. Really? Because his is more like an urban, like with the times. Yours is like a, hey, let's let's close the deal and get the deal done type deal. I mean, Does I come mean here from worst, work. Worst yeah, you friend. look more official. No, you're Are like you talking me. about, wait, hold on. You see me in my casual attire. It's, it's up there with Van, isn't it? No, no. That's not fine. even you know what? close. Here's the deal. Van <laughs> is on a higher level here. Look he will walk in wearing stuff that I wouldn't dare. So I actually hats off to you. I'm glad I even came close. That's like my favorite comment. Oh, you look, man, I couldn't pull uh, that off. man, I could never pull that off, yes. but you look good. It's like, just tell me I look like shit. It's okay. <laughs> like, I'm not going to, like, I wore it for a Every, reason. Everyone like, looks up to the man family. who has a room just for his shoes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I, I can't question that. you. Some people look down on that, but it's okay. So there's things not all of us can pull off. Though. No, dude, and I you can't. Can. I tried on Rob Bailey's outfit at the at the, the show this weekend. <laughs> I was so yeah, confused. Was, it, it was so was I. <laughs> it was my body was confused. Everybody in the room was confused. Uh, it was it was bizarre. I put on these skinny jeans and this this tight t shirt that he'd been sweating in all day, and I looked weird. Uh, you filled out the shirt though. Yeah, I thought you, know you were going mean? to run he, with it. He had kind of stretched it before me because he's pretty thick up top, mm-hmm. but uh, it was definitely. I looked. I didn't look like myself at all. And my, everybody was looking like they were like trying to be comfortable with it, but nobody was comfortable in the room. No, I everybody walked right out. I, I looked at you and yeah. then I walked right yeah, out. It was bad. The yeah. picture so, made me uncomfortable. Oh yeah. So that's where we're at guys. Uh, heavy Academy happened this last weekend. Now, a lot of you 
heard about the Heavy Academy over the last couple of podcasts because we've been leading up to it. And uh, the unique thing about the Academy was we did not give you a ton of information about what it was going to be about. Now, we did tell you we're going to show you some of our secrets. We're going to teach you some of the business uh, strategies and techniques that we've used over the years to become successful, but that was about it. And I got to tell you, when I walked in to the Academy on Friday morning when it started at 10 a.m. and I looked at that full freaking house, like 220-ish people, right? Yep. And we had, remember the, the, the plan was to sell 100 tickets and each ticket had the option of a plus one. Every single person exercised their plus one option and then we even were able to oversell just a little bit and fit more people in there and it was like packed house. And uh, the best part about it was obviously, you know, my best friend, uh, DJ Mark Swing over here, this is what he does for a living. So Marcus, uh, I got to tell you, right, like just flat out, you blew me away. Because I've seen where you came from. Like we used to be DJing out of the yeah. back of your pickup truck and you'd show up with a mixer and a, sp- a speaker and you'd do your thing. And I mean, dude, my times. wedding was great. My wedding was 2010. So nine years ago, you put on a phenomenal show at my wedding. Did you come to my wedding? Yeah. No. You I was selling. I was selling in the oh, summer. Right, in the middle right, of the yeah. summer, you were that guy. It oh, turned, I was yeah, there. my bad. Yeah. It turned into a pool party. It was, it was nuts. And Marcus put on a great show. But dude, this was like next level shit. Does anybody else agree? Dude, I, I speak at conferences like for a living. Like I've done this for over a year now. I speak at multiple, and I'm talking some of them are two, 3,000 people. And I walked in and it was the same quality of set that these people have. Like this, it was unbelievable. I've told you that like 14 times now. <laughs> I appreciate the texts, the emails, the yeah. nice thoughts and it's everything. because yeah, I mean good. it though. I mean but I appreciate the work, man. For me, it was work. Yeah. So I, I appreciated being able to be there and be a part of it. And yeah. Yeah, dude, you did you did a phenomenal job. Vaughn was there, so everybody here at the table actually spoke at the the uh, the conference in some capacity. And we're going to explain to you the format and the layout and how the conference worked. Um, however, before we get into that, I want Marcus to tell us a story about uh, Mr. Jake because uh, Jake is a young man who has listened to the podcast uh, religiously ever since he found it, and he's one of those guys who has been telling us, like updating us through DMs and posts and stuff that he is actually practicing what we're teaching. And something really, really cool came about it. Yeah, so, you know, we get a lot of messages. You guys get a lot more than me, obviously. But Jake has been someone I've been consistently talking with on Instagram, social media. And uh, I've done a little bit of stalking just because every time people message me, I always look in their profile and see what kind of person they are. You know what I mean? Especially when they're, you know, asking certain questions and stuff. Anyways, Jake has always come across as a really cool kid. And the day before, it was Wednesday night, he messaged me and... And I know that he's been wanting to come to the Academy. He's younger. He's married. Uh, it's not like he has all the funds in the world his, uh, at his, in his hands. You know what I mean? And I know he's been trying to make it happen. And so Jake sent me a message on Instagram and he says, hey, man, uh, what time am I going to help you set up on Thursday? Wait, let me, let me interrupt one yeah. second. Do you know that he messaged me? Yes. And did you know that he messaged the industrial? Venue. Yes. He That's sent, the best part. Dude, yes. he sent me a message. And he's like, hey, if nobody, she's like, I don't have the funds, but I want to go. If nobody shows up, if somebody doesn't fulfill their ticket, you call me and I'll drive. I'll leave right then. And I said, dude, I'll try my best. Obviously, I don't know until it happens. And yeah. then he immediately called industrial to ask them to say, to and sweep then the he floors. called you. Then yeah. he called you. So I, I normally, I, I, I don't know what it was, but normally at that point, the kid just seemed so genuine. I was like, man. Let's make it happen for this dude. So he met, well, actually he messaged me and I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, well, dude, I've tried saving the funds and I just am not able to make it happen. So I figure, hey, if I can come and help you, I'll put in the work. He says, I'll work the whole time. I'll do whatever you need me to. I'll sweep the floor. I just want to be able to go to the academy. 
So I said, shit, man, let's make it happen. That's my favorite story. You know? And so at Thursday, this was the night before I said, meet me in Vegas. I was already driving down. I said, meet me at Vegas at, uh, 10 30 in the morning. So Jake drove straight through the night, slept in his car in the industrial parking lot, you know, was there two hours before I was showed up super good kid start to finish. I mean, he worked the whole time and he worked the show, right? So he started telling me more about the situation. He's like, listen, man, I I've been listening to you guys religiously. He says, I started a vision board on the vision board. I put, I will attend the heavy Academy. <laughs> He says, I will attend the heavy Academy. He says, you know, I, he says, I don't want to get you in any trouble and I don't want anyone to be mad at me. He's like, but I already called van. Um, and I asked for tickets. He says, I talked to you and I was hoping that would work, but it didn't. He said, I called the venue, said I'd sweep the floors, whatever I had to do to get there. But, uh, yeah, he worked the whole time. And not only that, I wanted to put him in a position where he was there to learn and, and to get it, you know, information too. So I put him on the lighting board, which wasn't like a real big job, but the dude took like 20 pages of notes. Dude, I saw his notes. But the value that he added to be able to get to the Heavy Academy was uh, was cool. He didn't say, he didn't message me, hey, bro, get me into the Heavy Academy. You know, he said, hey, I want to add value. I want to get there. And he realized how uh, important it was. You know what I mean? That was the thing yeah. to me. That kid held value on that Academy more than I think some of the people that paid six grand. Yeah, and what you know blew what me mean? away is that Every time I saw him, he was backstage with you helping, obviously, coordinate mics and stuff. Yep. But at the same time, he was still taking notes. So he's like standing, taking notes at some point. Like, yep. it was just very impressive. I was super impressed with so Jake. Congratulations on being a total badass. Awesome like, kid. Your persistence is what's going to make you successful. I even if you're not no even talented, doubt he's going to be successful. You'll be, you'll, you'll be successful just due to the fact that you called the freaking venue and asked to sweep the floor for a ticket. Uh, that's just yep. like, that makes me so pumped. And it kind of restores my faith in, uh, some of the younger generation because some of the younger generation and this is not meant to pick on you know millennials because i think millennials there's a lot of good millennials out there but uh there has been this this thing over the years where people have learned to just kind of expect something for nothing right like we all see that how who's the youngest guy at the table how old are you yvonne 35 so 35 i'm 34 van to 35 34 kenny 33 until april yeah, Kenny, April. Kenny's, the, Kenny's the youngest? Yeah. I'm 34. Kenny's got me by about uh, three months. So uh, that's one of the things that I've kind of learned as I've been a business owner and employed people is the younger generation. They just have a different concept of, of how you know things actually work. Mm -hmm. So it was cool to see that uh, Jake's pretty young, maybe. 20, 26 is what he said. Yeah, I mean- definitely younger than us to just kind of yeah. a different generation. But guys, the heavy Academy was a total success. Um, and I thank every single one of you who joined us because for a lot of you, it was a total leap of faith. Like it was just, uh, you know, most of the comments that I've seen and some of the, you know, when we were talking to people down there, I said, why did you come? And people were like, well, we've followed your business over the years and, and we trust you and your team and, and we love what you do. So we just knew that whatever you were going to offer was going to be a hit. And so that was like, to me, the biggest like eye-opening moment. Like, holy shit, you dropped $6,000 on a hope that I was going to fulfill and be who you thought I was. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and so what we taught down there were, day one was, was awesome. I love day one because it was more... Light a fire. Yeah, it was more it was like raw. it was more like like targeted towards the basics of, of business fundamentals, but not even just that, but more like just your inner drive 
and what you need to be able to have before you can even consider starting a business because people don't realize that it's not all rainbows and sunshine. It's not. Day one was like self-evaluation. Right. Everybody's self-reflecting on themselves, where they're at in business, where they're at in life. And then it was kind of the foundation. I agree. That's that's a good way to put it. And that's why, uh, you know, Manspot, we brought him down there to talk about content creation because this guy right here is one of the greatest content creators on the internet. I don't care what anybody says. King of content. Because he has, <laughs> you almost feel like you're, you're, you feel like you're on a different planet watching some of his videos, but really you're just in his living room or in his kitchen with his wife and kids. Like you do a really good job of that. Your wife plays along really well. So props to Caitlin for, for being awesome. Bad props. Um, and then you've got three kids and so she's still a mom. She's like running the show around there. So the way that you guys have integrated your family in a way that you can still advertise. I love it. Like if those kind of ads would hit me every day, I'd be happy. I would never scroll away from ads like that because they're like, they're engaging, right? They're entertaining. Yeah. Entertaining. You watch them just for entertainment purposes. That's so that's, that's where the, the heavy Academy concept was actually born. Van and I were talking about something that van knows really, really well. And that is social media advertising. The guy just gets it. He speaks on, like he was saying, you were in Thailand a month or so ago speaking at a conference. People say, you know, from all over the world, they call Van and say, come teach us, come show us what you do because Van has taken our advertising platform at Diesel Power Gear and proven to the world that we can get some of the cheapest ad rates and some of the highest returns with his secret sauce. And so, you know, we were talking, we're like, well, people want to learn that. You go to speak at these conferences. Why don't we put one together? And so the original concept for the Heavy Academy was to teach more about like social ad buying and some of like the more technical strategies of social media. But... I kind of, you know, did what I do, which is kind of just shoot from the hip a lot of the time. And I said, you know, Van, I think we need to go some, we need to talk about some basic stuff. And Van had this beautiful curriculum all laid out that I came in and just freaking ran a, ran a sword through. (laughs) Ran a train on? (laughs) Yeah, I ran a train on his curriculum. (laughs) But looking back, I feel like it was a good marriage of the basics with some advanced stuff, right? It couldn't have went any better. It really was. Cause my, like I go to these things and we do, we train on the tactical stuff constantly and it's kind of boring and monotonous. Nobody loves to hear about analytics behind right. ads and CPMs, click through rates and stuff. And the fact that you had the motivation of the bare bones stuff, the man's by everybody else that was there, like it really broke it up really well. Yeah. I loved it. There was, there were some surprises even for us. Um, I had invited Sean Whalen to be part of the conference about a month ago. Sean and I have known each other over the years. We've never directly worked together. I've seen some of the stuff that he does and I'm, you know, I'm a fan because the guy is unapologetically himself. And so I just said, Sean, do you want to come talk? I want you there. Talk on whatever you want. I had no like guidance for him to talk. And he's like, I got this. So Van and I were like, okay, he's kind of a wild card. Let's put him Dude, first it thing Friday morning. me the hell out. <laughs> Dude, I'm not joking when I didn't sleep for two nights because I didn't know what Andy or Manspa or any of these guys would come to speak on. I didn't sleep. And that's, that, was, that was kind of a decision that we made last minute to add some of these guys to just come in and, and hit us with some basics. And I, that's, I told Sean, I said, dude, we need to kind of wake everybody up we're getting here. Nobody knows each other. It's kind of an awkward setting where people don't even know really what they came to learn. Get in there and get them fired up. And holy shit, did Sean Whalen get people fired up? Like I was standing on the side of the, the, the stage. I had a seat where I was supposed to be sitting. I literally just stood there the whole time watching him like, holy crap, this guy is like on fire. Because what Sean did is he just basically told his story. Sean's been through some really high highs and some really low lows. And as he was speaking, like I was looking out in the audience and, and everyone was like, yeah, I've been there. 
I felt that I've, you know, Sean talked about having a gun to his head at one point and, and some guy in the audience, you know, spoke up and said, I've been there too. I've had that gun to my head. And we don't know how many of those 220 people have been in that dark, dark place. But what he did is he talked about how he climbed out of that darkness and he's channeled his energy into something that's now become a very successful business. His Lions Not Sheep uh, coaching program has turned into a huge thing. He sold 100,000 copies of his book, How to Make Shit Happen, or I think that's what it's called. Yeah. Um, And he's just, he's on fire right now. So Sean, if you're listening to this, thank you. Like it was such a, it was such a great way to start the day. And then from there, we were able to get into some of the basics of our business model. We had uh, my personal attorney, Cole Cannon, who really is a way better deal maker and negotiator than he is an attorney. I mean, he's actually the best attorney around, but he's even better at that. The, you know, doing negotiating and stuff like that. So that's what he does most of the time for us now. Uh, his law office handles a lot of our legal stuff, but I wanted Cole to get up and talk about some of the stupid stuff that we run into in the legal world. Like when you start a business and you and your buddy are just, you know, out snowboarding and you're like, oh, we should do this for, for business. And then you actually end up doing it. Nine times out of 10, you don't do things the right way. You don't get those, those partnership contracts in place. You don't get like the agreements and just the stupid basic stuff that ultimately ends up destroying friendships and families and relationships. Cole talked about that and said, guys, just here's the basics. Follow these rules. So a lot of that stuff was, that was, to be honest with you, Cole's first 30-minute segment on Friday morning was probably something that you would spend five to $7,500 with on an attorney, right? Can I admit something? Yeah. When we podcasted with Cole, I thought it was going to be terrible. I was like, when he walked in, he looked like a magician, dude. Yeah. He had that vest on and the yeah. white collar popped out. I'm like, man, this is going to suck. And honestly, he's one of my favorite people now. Cold After Lawfather. that podcast, man, I was like, dude, this guy is awesome. And then his speaking down there, like, I just, I see him in, in a, a total new light and I really respect what he does. He really is a magician though. I mean, I've seen him pull rabbits out in a deal, yeah. in, in all sorts of negotiations. He has I, a talent, dude, dude. I was just on the phone with Cole an hour ago and we're working on a really big deal right now and Cole um, was on the phone with me and talking chatting he, we get off the phone he calls me 30 minutes later and he's like don't ever ask for money again I'm like what are you talking about he's like you asked for too little I'm like what he's doubling our ask and he's 100% confident that he's going to get it and I'm like holy shit like and it's not that I'm just having to like trust him blindly he's done this to me on multiple occasions where he's gone in and got way more out of the deal by negotiating than I was ever able to even like dream of so that is one thing that uh kind of a good takeaway from that is find yourself somebody who's better at that sort of stuff than you are obviously legal stuff find yourself a good attorney but more importantly find yourself a good deal maker if you're not a good deal maker you don't have to force yourself to make deals because you'll wind up making bad deals I feel like I'm a decent deal maker but had I pursued the deal even today and, and gone down the road that I wanted to, I would have been short $1.5 million. So don't always rely on yourself. And these guys, I mean, Cole is not a guy that you can hire cheap, but there are professional negotiators out there that you can go find that can come in and be good cop, bad cop with you. Yeah, I'm I curious. That. I mean, if you know your strengths, like I'm, I love to, to negotiate a good buy, right? Yeah. But I'm, I don't negotiate as well as a seller. And so I usually will use like some form of a third party, a right. real estate agent, whoever it is, whatever I'm selling, because then I can have a, you know, a, a different outlook uh, as the seller and, and have that third party buffer, kind of have them do my dirty work, if you will, and see how they respond. But, you know, Cole has the ability to do both sides and that is a talent. I'm actually going to make this checklist item number one, guys, because this um, applies to not only your business, but your personal life. Who here, has anybody ever dealt with a mediator, any sort of mediation? Yeah. Uh, business trouble, lawsuit, whatever. Yeah. Um, what was the result? 
Coal was my attorney. It, well, that's <laughs> then it was the problem was solved. <laughs> this uh, was before before I even worked with you guys. Yep. This was a long time ago. Um, but he he mediated for you, right? Yeah, and the deal got done. Uh, way cheaper than I was ever expecting it to get done. So whether you're in business or whether you're just not seeing eye to eye with a family member or your wife or you know whatever relationship you have, getting a third party involved is the best thing you can do. 100%. One of the things that he said that if you can't afford an attorney, remember at the end of his thing, he's like, last part of your negotiations, like after all the deal's done and everything's said and done, just ask them one last time, is that the, the best, best you, you can, can do? do? Yeah. Yeah. And he says it would blow your mind. And I've already seen it in the comments on the head. Yeah, I saw that. People that are just like, I asked, sure enough, I saved myself 500 bucks just by asking it when I was already ready to sign the contract. And all I asked was, is that the best you can do? And they took 500 bucks off. Yep. I love that part. That's, that's, that's a good takeaway from that is you should always ask, is that the best you can do? Obviously in business deals, it's pretty obvious how that's going to work. But even when you're making compromises in your personal life, I know that a lot of the listeners, and this is why I always try to target back to, you know, just the average Joe. I don't want to call the listeners average Joe. I, I, uh, it's not an insult. I consider myself an average Joe. I consider Mark's an average Joe. So don't take that as an insult. I just, I mean, normal everyday people, um, this kind of stuff that we're talking about, even though we have an emphasis on business, it doesn't mean that you can't apply these same strategies, these same techniques in your own personal life and like make things better with your relationship and stuff like, you know, with your, with whether it be your family. Vaughn, I have a question. You, um, yeah. you mentioned on stage that your family relationship, when you kind of went down your own road, deteriorated a little bit. Yeah. With my immediate family, uh, like my mom and dad. How, uh, you don't have to give me exact details. Is it better now? Is it kind of the same position? It's, it's kind of the same because, I mean, my, my parents, they just wanted me to go to college. And uh, all my five siblings, all college educated, they got their degrees. I tried college, dropped out. Where do you fall in the family? Uh, second to youngest. Okay. And uh, yeah, four brothers and a sister. And uh, a big thing about it was they were like, okay, you didn't, you didn't finish college, but at least you've been working a good steady job for 11 years. And that job was door-to-door sales. Right. So they were like, okay, we, he missed the boat with college, but at least he's been working this job for over 10 years. He's probably going to make it. So when I quit my job, they were like, oh my gosh, what? Oh, he's, he's a lost soul. Like, like, so it, it, so for me, that, that was just negativity. It was like, they didn't have any faith. And, uh, I I think about my parents is they didn't raise entrepreneurs, right? They raised people like you go to college, you get married, you, you get a good job and, uh, you just get in line and you do what you're supposed to. So for me, the whole entrepreneur idea and everything I was, you know, I, 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 I'm big into family history Mm -hmm. as I kind of, uh, touched on a little earlier and like my grandpa, he was a farmer and that's an entrepreneur every single day. Right. You know, so I, I kind of took that work ethic as if I was uh, my grandpa and I just put it into something I loved. I took that passion and I created something that uh, nobody had ever really done before. Right. Because I mean, when I, when I, when I quit my job and people found out, oh, what, what are you going to do? I was like, uh, you know, market on Instagram. Right. And, you know, I got so many laughs. People were like, <laughs> really? And it was just... <laughs> Nice. Damn, preloaded laughs. Yeah. Oh, they're still going. How long do they do that? 10 minutes. Okay, so they're still. (laughs) This is my parents. (laughs) Marcus actually drove to Idaho and got a sound clip from Vaughn's family. Uh, So 
have your parents ever decided to put themselves in somebody else's shoes and view your position from that position? No, not really. And um, I think that's, that's kind of yeah. the point that I want to make with that is they have their side, mm-hmm. the way they see things. You have your side, the way you see things. There's somewhere in the middle where people can look your parents' way and they can look your way and say, I understand this side, I understand this side. And here's a kind of a common ground. Here's something, here's the deal. We're all still alive. We have that in common. Like what mediators do is they kind of start finding that common ground of ways that you can, you can become closer to whether it be your parents or an ex or whatever it is without having to necessarily have anybody make a compromise. Does that make sense? Like yeah. y- you, you start getting closer together without having to make any sort of compromises right off the bat. And that's, I think what mediators and negotiators do is, is they make both parties feel like it was kind of their idea, but while they're doing it, you'll see that they start bringing the spectrum closer and closer. And that's one thing that I've seen with family disputes. I've been, I've never had a major family dispute. My family, uh, We've never gone into business with each other or anything like that, uh, but I've seen them just tear families apart, and it's frustrating because sometimes it's just the simplest like thing. Like you were saying, mm-hmm. you, you you have a job, like you do. Granted, it's not a traditional job. I mean, it's almost traditional nowadays because it's so common to see influencers. But you have a nice house. You have three kids that you have no problem putting food on the table, right? Like, correct. You, you're doing. You're being successful but maybe not by the way the old book said that you were supposed to be successful, right? Yeah. I mean, even to this day, they're still asked like, so is, is work good? Is it, it, is it good? <laughs> but do you feel like they almost, they almost want you to be like, no, it's not. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, right? exactly. That, that. that way they can be like, well, it's okay. Come underneath our wing. <laughs> yep. You know, let's get you back in college. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's, that's crazy. That's uh, well, I hope that uh, one day they can be like, oh, you know what? Our prodigal, prodigal, is it prodigal or prodigal? Prodigal. Prodigal, prodigal son. Yeah. Turns out he's not that lost after all yeah, because you're yeah. not, right? No, no. And I think another reason of it, and they don't really appreciate what I do, is because they're not really uh, social media savvy right. whatsoever. Do they have social medias? Yeah, they got they got Facebook. Yeah, every old person does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, what did your dad do for a living? Uh, he was a school teacher. Okay. There we go. Yeah. I think... Uh, so you followed suit totally. Oh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. and, and according to my dad, he was like, I was the first college educated uh you know, in the family, oh, and, yeah. uh, you know, I got a real job. I'm not working on the farm. So in my dad's eyes, he's like, I made it. Yeah. You he made it out of the blue collar slum is what he yeah, would consider yeah, it. Yeah. I Her- love this dude because your story, I think a lot of people resonate with that. Like there's a lot of blue collar people that listen to this, that, uh, probably have kind of branched out. I, I would say everybody at the Academy this weekend, most of those guys were blue collar guys who kind of decided to go out and do their own thing and have their own business. And, they're kind of in like this weird limbo of I'm not going to be an HVAC contractor and I'm not going to be a carpenter and I'm not going to be like those trades that are like, you know what they used to be. And they're out there. One guy's trying to start a tortilla importing business from Mexico. I some of those. Yeah. So did I, yeah. dude's crushing it. <laughs> um, but I, I love the fact that what we found this weekend was a lot of common ground. And a lot of the people that came to learn were guys that were just like us. Uh, Van, I mean, you did not come for money. Right? No. You were, I, I, in fact, we argue sometimes about who was poor, poorer <laughs> growing up. Who went to the church storehouse more often. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who dropped off Christmas <laughs> on your doorstep more Multiple often. times. Yes. Uh, nobody here really grew up wealthy. I think we talk about this sometimes. Uh, Mr. Diesel Dave was probably the most wealthy of the bunch. And we're not talking wealthy. Like your dad was a pilot. He had a good job and you had like a, just a standard childhood. Um, right. Well, and I, I think, wouldn't say we were rich by any means. I mean, my dad, my dad had to go to work. So right. Like, 
most everybody's dads. Mom stayed home, took care of the kids. When you got seven kids, you got mouths to feed. Yeah. You had a big family. But I mean, he always provided. Yeah. And that's one thing that, so <laughs> to but, us, that was, that was the wealthiest guy at the table. But I don't ever feel like I was like, even with the church storehouse and everything, I, I don't, I was given everything I needed. Yep. Like I had food on the table. Yep. Like I, I feel blessed for the, like the situation that I was in with a single mother with four kids. And yep. then eventually she remarried. We had like seven kids in the house. Jeez. I was, I felt fortunate. You don't know when you're in the situation. Yeah. yeah. I was definitely the richest because my family's the best. Your family's the best? <laughs> oh, yeah, my family's so much better than you guys' well, family. Well, that sounds like it's going to turn into... Remember that fight? You guys fight are cool, don't you? On, yeah. on, on Anchorman, the where the different, different uh, news anchor teams come in and fight. Yeah, we're Channel 2 News. Yeah, yeah you're not going to want to see my family. <laughs> um, no, that's the thing. Like A lot of us, well, all of us didn't come from a situation where anybody handed us anything. Vaughn, your parents never gave you money, right? Oh, no. Um, because that's, that's just not like, you know they would have to believe in what you were going to do with that money, right? And they would have to like hope that you weren't going to go spend it at the titty bar like I'm sure most parents assume prodigal sons do. Imagine telling your parents you're going to be a DJ and you're going to DJ at nightclubs and make money for a living. <laughs> Mormon nightclubs. Yeah, could you imagine uh, their skepticism yeah. with all that? You know? Yeah, you, you kind of went through that with Randy a little bit, right? Yeah, well, remember when me and my dad had a big blowout and I ended up moving into your house for like yep. a week until I moved into Kenny's house. Yep, I, I remember that. that, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think some of the pressure must have been off you, though, because you were out on your own. You weren't saying, nice. hey, look, I'm going to live in your house. Yeah. And then just, you know, DJ at night, you were, you were out on your own taking Wait, care when of yourself. Wait, you, when did you move out? Uh, I w- must have been, what, 20? We were like one. 21. It was right after the mission, fresh after the mission. Yeah. Well, I, your parents, they're probably like, oh, he'll grow out of it. He'll grow out of right. it. Don't worry. DJ, yeah. it's okay. He'll- they, they eventually came too. I mean, I, 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 can't, I can't take away too much from them. They, they're believers now. But yeah. I think we all thought he was going to grow out of it though. Yeah. I, I personally, I've always supported Marcus and whatever, 100%. but, but yeah. I was, I was, I just didn't know it. I'm like, if he grows out of it, great. If he doesn't, he makes a career out of it. The guy's so driven or you're driven and you're stubborn. He's so stubborn that he can make, he can make it work. If he had the DJ out of the back of a Nissan pickup truck the rest of his life, he'd be the baddest DJ out of, out of the pickup truck in the world. He'd do it great because if he has to do it, he will. Um, Wait, let me ask you guys a question. Maybe we should all answer at the same time, but. I have always supported you and believed in you. And I, and the most, but a lot of kingdom shirts, man. That's right. Yeah. Maybe I still have some, I don't know. Yeah. I probably don't, but, um, I've always known you'd succeed at whatever you're going to do, but let me ask you guys something. Everyone besides Marcus over the, over the last few years, have any of you guys thought about what you thought he'd be doing at this point or in five years from now? Have you guys thought about like what it was that he would maybe like, you know, take his DJing skills and, you know, parlay them into something else. Yeah. I, I personally feel like I saw him. Hold on. Don't say it yet. Hold on. Did, did any of you else? I'm trying I mean, to figure I, out where I, we're going. I don't know what you want to say, but like, I, I pictured only him knew becoming him. an actor. I only knew an him actor. as a DJ. That's the old, the, I met him as a DJ. Yo, so man, in my to come eyes to in Arizona, bro, I used to like yeah. clean for you so that I could Absolutely come party not. at your yeah. parties. Like I didn't have True like, once again, not a ton of money. Wanted to come clean because I like to party. Yeah, um, I love it. And I only knew him as a DJ. So uh-huh. in my eyes, like he's in my phone still as DJ, DJ. Marcus Wing. Yeah, like he will yeah. always be a DJ to me, even if you get out of it and start doing other events. You're still gonna I be got my DJ. Big bro. A nose to be an actor, man. No, dude. People like you so much. People love you. But you know what the problem is? Marcus doesn't like people telling him what to do, Zero. and he would be a terrible actor. Yeah, I would never picture that simply because. 
Marcus has grown a lot in the last little while. When I asked Marcus to help me with this, I really was, we're best friends I know, and have been forever, but I did not know what to expect. I, th- I did not think that he would take this podcast as seriously as he is because the guy, is, he's, he's happy-go-lucky and he's got his own way of doing things, but he did not like to be told what to do in under any circumstances. So if a director was hammering, hammering on him saying, do that line again, do that line again, I've been there, I've done that, and I'm a very stubborn person, I hate it. He would just walk out. I always, always thought- pictured you somehow being on TV, man. I just thought. Well, I mean, I'm in like episode doing. two of the Diesel Brothers. That's true. Yeah, you know? yeah. Okay, so I guess yeah. it did come true, and right. it was pretty mellow. Um, so, anyways, guys, back to that was a little bit of a detour, but the reason why I went there is because day one of the Heavy Academy was more about life basics and 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 kind of some of the stuff that you need to be aware of before you get into even like the technical uh, side of your business. Um, we wrapped up the day around three o'clock with one of the most impressive lineups of people I've ever seen in my entire life. We were able to um, line up guys that are all friends of ours, that whether that be a mutual friend of this person or that person. But at one point on stage, I looked and it was basically Van, um, Andy Frazella, uh, Manspot, Von Neville, capital V, um, <laughs> BJ Baldwin, Sean Whalen, um, Keaton. Uh, yeah, the muscle. Cole, the attorney. Um, Kenny, Diesel Dave, myself, Marcus, and I, maybe I'm missing... Oh, yeah, uh, Mr. Rob Bailey, um, who is an OG for sure. Like He's been doing a lot of this stuff years before we were. But basically, we put all these guys on stage, and we opened up the floor to people to basically ask us questions, and, and, and it, we called it the panel. And the idea behind it was to have like a very interactive Q&A and it was good, but we, we noticed that people were kind of, uh, we, they weren't taking it, they weren't taking full advantage of the panel because some of the questions were really basic and, and simple. And, and to be honest, some of them were a little bit silly, which was fine because you needed a good break in the day. But um, the panel was just kind of, you know, going and we were asking questions and, and answering them. And then uh, Andy Frazella, obviously you guys know him, a good friend of mine, he had a pretty heavy uh, impact on the panel that day. He was answering a lot of the questions because a lot of them were just kind of like, get your shit together type you know, uh, things. And we handed it off to him for the last 30 minutes of the day and he went up there and like- He brought the action. He struck the fear of God in people's eyes. Like there was a lot of people there that I think were not taking either their personal life or their personal business or even their attendance at the seminar serious up until that point. And Andy just gave them just- like a verbal beating. Um, and it, it, it's not like he got up there and he was a dick because everybody was like literally on the edge of their seat waiting for the next word he was going to say. But what he did is he was able to help people understand that the reason why they were there was not because they needed to hang out with celebrities and high profile people. And it wasn't to get rah, rah, pumped up, feel good. It was to take the time very seriously and like absorb literally every single thing that we were teaching there and it was a perfect setup for the second day because day two was more of like a very technical strategy type training day um and andy said i don't want any of you nobody better come tomorrow with the same questions that you came with today like don't come with that bullshit get get rid of the fluff get rid of the nonsense let's get to work and that set us up for the next day which was day two um and it was it was no joke day two started with a bang um, van, uh, opened up in the morning, kind of hit us with a recap of the previous day. 
which like I said, was, was a lot of the basic stuff. Um, we did get a little bit into the giveaway model. We taught people how to run a giveaway. We taught them how to incorporate their sweepstakes in different states. All the, all the red tape, nitty gritty stuff. Um, Diesel Dave, Van, and myself were able to get up and, and kind of dive into that. And that's something that a lot of people want to learn. They want to know about. So that was, uh, you know, the day one. Day two was, who was the first speaker after you? Uh, Cole? Sam? Oh, no, it was Manspot. Oh, Manspot. Oh, yes, Manspot that's right. Manspot was number one. <laughs> yeah, uh, there we go. And that's, we, we slated Manspot for that, like, 11 a.m. spot on Saturday morning because we wanted everybody to understand what, where we were going with that, with the second day of training, which was, guys, we're going to teach you some really, like, intense stuff on how to do your social media. And uh, Manspot, or Vaughn, what do you... What do we call you? Call him the man spot yeah, because Vaughn's confusing with me here and everybody knows him as a man spot. Van Can we call him Vaughn. V? Yeah. Big V? <laughs> um, v spot? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Let's no? not. Okay. Uh, tell me, tell the listeners a little bit about what you talked about and why it's important. So uh, I just kind of told my story, but I broke it down uh, just like everybody to analyze and assess where they're at. And what I mean when I say that is your brand, because if you have a business, you have a brand and you as an individual are an influencer, whether you like it or not. And I, I, I said that if you have friends, you're an influencer in some regard because your friends always pay attention to what you're wearing, what you're doing. And like, like Van, I mean, he was an influencer on stage because people are like, hey man, check out your shoes. I mean, that was literally one of the questions of the panel. And I think Andy, his, his boots were obviously cooler and that pissed him <laughs> off. So he stood up and he put everybody in check. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> but uh, but that, that, that's kind of where I broke it down. And I just told people with your business or whether you yourself wanting to be an influencer, want to expand upon that, you have to break it down of what is the recipe for your brand or your business. And then... Uh, obviously posting and uh, getting getting it out there because the more you post and the more you get out there, the more eyes on you're going to get on yourself and or your business. And if you do that, the more successful you're going to be because more people are going to see what you have. And the more people that see that, the more customers you're going to have. So I just kind of really broke it down when, from my personal experience. When did you first realize what you were doing? Um, I, I guess it was after my first uh, viral video. What was it? It was... Uh, it, it was me. Uh, so I, I put an American flag behind me and I went up by the B. Yeah. We're all familiar with that. And I held an AK-47. Oh, and I remember that. An AR-15. I had my sunglasses on. And I, during that point, for some reason, I always just lost my shirt. And uh, <laughs> Did you have the headdress on? Was that the video? And that, that was the thing. A headdress or a cowboy hat. That's what yeah. people got known for. And uh, I just, you know, I said, I started shooting. And I was like, America, I love Jesus. And I just kept shooting. And people just loved that. With the America, Jesus, guns, that just hit. And was that intentional? No, no, I was uh, like, were you, you were just really having a yeah, good time and somebody had the camera. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was having a good time. And, uh, literally I just was probably just expressing myself through you thought maybe you'll media. show this video to yeah, a few and, friends or whatever. Yeah, and, and the thing, and <laughs> another thing was, is like, I, I love guns and, uh, people just loved like, Oh, you got guns. That's cool. Because that catch that's, that's engagement for so many people on so many different levels in big cities in different countries, people don't have guns, so they're just fascinated by them. Did you, what was your following the day you posted that video? Uh, it, it wasn't even, it was- A few hundred friends? 
<laughs> not even. It was, it, it was there, really there, though. There how many, th- a thousand, yeah, two thousand? I, I was probably, I was maybe a couple thousand, maybe. Uh, what did, was the name established at that time? Yeah. Yeah. So it was the man spot. That's and, amazing. Yeah. So when I established the man spot, I literally wanted to create like a page where it was just full of cool, manly shit. You, but I'll bet you didn't think it was going to be you. No, no. I had no idea. When somebody's like, oh, you're man spot. I was like, yeah, that's my page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got it. It's kind of like target for men. Yeah, man cave yeah, yeah, or what? Yeah, man spot. Yes. Yeah, that's your spot if you're a man. I had no idea people were going to be like, oh, man spot. Oh my gosh, I love your shit. I'm just like, uh, that's my page. That's yes. not me, but it... it became me. Yeah, it is you. And then I realized everybody's Instagram handles, that's their name. Right. That's amazing. Thinking about that, you went into it thinking that you were going to basically create almost like a forum, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Or a blog. Yeah, a blog or like, hey, this is where you go if you want to see man stuff. So if you're a man, come to this spot. Uh Exactly. It's kind of like, be careful what you wish for, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) Because I was just like, whoa, I was kind of of floored. Yeah. I had no idea. And even even at that point, I I didn't realize, yeah, I realized I had a, uh, at that point, it was like, okay, this is starting to turn into something more of a brand. Right. So after that point, I was like, what do I want to incorporate in my brand? And that's when I started going through a, a little checklist and I was like, okay, guns, America, my beautiful wife. Uh, at the time it was just my son, which uh, Mr. Littles is what I yeah. called him. And everybody knows him as Littles. Mm-hmm. And then it was trucks and uh, then it was tattoos and uh, you know, just traditional America. Yeah. And it's one of those stories about kind of, like I said, be careful what you wish for and be careful what you um, brand yourself with because what you brand yourself with is what is going to stick. And rebranding yourself is really, really difficult. It's much more, it's much more difficult than branding yourself oh, because yeah. you then have to like change the message and you have to explain to the people why you want a different name or a different brand and explain that either you're the same person or you're not the same person. I mean, my name is, people call me Heavy D. I, there's other nicknames where I'd be like, yeah, that'd be cooler, but I'm kind of stuck with this one. And obviously I've embraced it, but it was, it was like a joke that diesel Dave dropped. It was a, it was a high school joke. Uh, that was my nickname in high school. Um, not a ton of people called me it like three or four people and diesel Dave found out about it, called it to me in one YouTube video back in 2013. And it was like, I was married to it. Like I was stuck with that nickname for the rest of my life. Dude, and he, he knew what he was doing. He's like, there can't be two Daves. That's what it was. We really said like, there can't be two Daves. My name's Dave. Your name's Dave. Okay. You'll be diesel Dave. And then he's like, okay, what was your name in high school? I was like, heavy D. He's like, okay, you're heavy D. And that's, it was born. And now I tell the story. I don't know if I've told it on the podcast, but uh, I played in a celebrity softball tournament down in Miami a year or two ago, big celebrities down there. And I'm not much of an athlete. I take softball mo- more serious than any sport, but I was down there. I had no place being there. Like I MLB integrated us and wanted us there. So I'm, I'm, I'm in the crowd. I'm on the team, you know? Um, and I remember Jamie Foxx and a couple of the really big names were on my team, um, actors and athletes and stuff. And they're calling roll call. Like Jamie Foxx, he stands up, people cheer. Yeah. Uh, they, they call out the dude, um, the skinny guy that was in war dogs. I can't remember his name, the actor's name, super famous actor. Everybody. Yeah. The bachelorette. Yeah. Everybody's cheering and they're knowing all these people. And then they're like heavy D. And I remember, Jamie Foxx stands up out of his seat and he's like looking around and I can tell like he's looking for the black heavy, the rapper. And I'm just like, "Ah." and I I stand up and I kind of give a wave. And there was one of those moments where I was like, man, I really just, I'm, I'm stuck with this. I got to make the best of it. And obviously it turned into a great day, but if you're going to brand yourself, you need to be careful and just like be aware of what you're doing. Because if you don't want to be known as target for men or the, the man spot or the man area yeah. the, the rest of your life, then you better go into it and say, all right, well, if I'm attaching my name to this, 
I better be making a plan. And you've made the best of it. Like, I, I don't think there's a better brand for you as far as, you know, if you were to go look back and try to rebrand yourself, your brand is so organic and so natural to you that I, there's nothing I could think that would, that would be a better fit. Um, Van is kind of at one of those points in his life. You're a little bit of a crossroads where uh, a year ago, not as many people knew who you are as people do today. Um, you've always been the center of attention and always been like, like the funny guy in the group of friends. Van's always been like, everybody loves Van. But uh, as far as like on a, in a public eye, where do you see the, that going? And, and what's happening right now? <laughs> I'm at a crossroads. You're at a crossroads <laughs> no, for sure. No, He's I'll getting always, a lot of respect. That's for sure. Yeah. No, well I'll, always, I'll always be the funny guy. I don't know. I don't think that'll ever change. And I, I don't consider myself funny, but I'll always kind of be a dick. Um, that's that's your humor is is you make people feel incredibly uncomfortable like and it, all it takes is like one or two words and that's that's your specialty that's like one thing you do really well uh and i remember where were we we were somewhere together when you changed your instagram handle because we were all joking it's like it's your boy van it was moab man. yeah yeah moab and we're like we're like let's do it dude change it change it and, and it started off as kind of a joke and he changed his instagram handle to it's your boy van um in fact, follow him because it's some great content. Dude, now I'll go, like, I was in Barcelona and somebody ran up and was like, it's your boy, man. Like, what? Bro, you're married to call it. call me that? You are stuck to yeah. it with it. Like, if he's got to be the man spot, you got to be it's your boy, man. Uh, and you know. set yourself apart you with the did mustache. You yeah. Heavy did that to me, man. I mean, the mustache. The mustache, You're keeping too, it clean, man. but you're also keeping it like, hey, but I can be real serious. But, but I like to party. Yeah, yeah. you've, you've uh, created a brand. But no, it, it's, it's legitimately, I'm like, because I have a lot of marketing followers. Following. Right. A lot of like online advertisers and stuff that way. And then I have like truck guys. Right. And then I also have like just funny, funny guys. So you do have a, a diverse crowd. Yeah. It's a little bit different, but I'm, I'm nowhere near where you guys are. One of the things that Vaughn, one right of the now. things that Manspot said that stuck with me when he, when he spoke about content, like for those of you that are trying to create a following was he said, like, sometimes I would like make content that I thought was so amazing. Like, cause you, the big thing of the whole thing, uh, conference was like, just post constant content all the time, post all the time. And it was like, I would make stuff that was like amazing. And I was so excited to post it and I'd post it and nobody would like it. Hmm. But then I would like film something real quick or whatever, just being myself and it would go viral. He's like, you never know what's actually going to catch on and just be authentic and be yourself and post as much as possible. The harder you try, the worse it performs. I feel like that's oh, yeah. pretty standard. Like my, my last video that I posted uh, yesterday, actually, uh, we filmed it two days ago and my wife was just having a day. <laughs> she, uh, she got out of the shower and I was like, oh shit. And uh, she was getting ready for bed and I was like, I need you for 30 minutes and she looks at me and I'm like, can you kind of just glam a little bit? And my, when I say glam a little <laughs> Don't bit, Don't say like, that. Put, put on a little makeup. <laughs> You're going to be in a video. And I, I need you just looking spot on. And uh, she just looked at me just like the eyes were lasers. <laughs> and I was like, I swear I won't, I will not bother you the rest of the week. And she's like, fine. And uh, when my videographer came to the house and I was like, you have to reassure her, this is going to be the easiest skit we have ever done to date. <laughs> and it literally was, I had it just, I was like, you have to sit in one spot. You're not going to be drugged down the hallway with a rope around your legs. Like a raptor is dragging <laughs> like you the last the, video. Yeah. Yeah. You're not getting drugged into the nursery with a rope. And, and I was like, you're just going to sit there and, and imagine being married to him. Oh, oh no. And every day it's just yeah. like, I need you to, 
act this out. I'm going to shoot you with these guns today. <laughs> and, uh, and she did it. And uh, lo and behold, it literally, and after we did the skit, I was like, okay, We'll see how that does. Cause literally it, there was like no preparation whatsoever. Right. And my videographer edited it all night. He sent it to me in the morning. I watched half of it and I was like, whatever it's going live. Boom. <laughs> I went back to sleep. <laughs> I woke up and it was almost uh, like at 80,000 views wow. in a couple hours later. And I was Just like, on my fire. gosh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like I put too much effort into some videos. Yeah, no, it's, it's true. Diesel Dave and I were watching some of our original prank videos. We had one, our first one that we didn't really even try that hard went crazy viral that's the one that got us on jay leno and we decided like i don't even i don't think diesel dave and i had this idea one other guy that we were working with at the time had the idea he's like we're gonna do a uh, you know follow-up viral video it's gonna be viral it's gonna be the same thing and we it was kind of like diesel dave rolls coal but it was it was it like we watched it just for the first time again like two days ago it's the worst video you've ever seen it is so embarrassing that how hard we were trying and Diesel Dave like acting and he had to pretend like he was surprised. It was awful. Which one was it? It's, I don't even think you know, because I don't think it like. The acting was phenomenal though. <laughs> dude, even, even the acting, Diesel Dave doesn't usually have to act. So it looked like you were acting. So it was so brutal. It was, um, so Diesel Dave got Johnny with Cole in the bathroom. It was Johnny getting revenge on Diesel Dave. Uh, and he was be out sunbathing in a kiddie pool on the back of my truck in the Rockwell parking lot. Right. Fell asleep. Oh, no. What happens? Johnny shows up in the same truck that we smoked out of his bathroom in with the same tube, throws it in my pool, I didn't turns it into one. a diesel jacuzzi. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, that's, how, that's how it started. Remember, we were, we were like, oh, we're going we're gonna to do a diesel-powered jacuzzi and have jets... <laughs> with the exhaust and we thought that was the greatest idea and then the other guy that was working with us was like no let's do the like the, the revenge video so we tied two elements together that did not have any place together dude I honestly think the video maybe has 20 views total and our, our everything we put out gets hundreds of thousands of views and people were just like F you this is the stupidest piece of content you've ever put out and it's, it sucks and you're trying too hard so but then the next revenge video actually did really well it did is that the one where the truck fell Tow forward truck, yeah. yep. cab over safety pin it's because so that one ended up, up and, uh, broke the windshield. Yeah, that one was staged, but then the staging got the best of us because Johnny hit the brakes too hard. The latch did break, and Johnny ended up on we the didn't windshield. Take any of the tools or the hard objects out from behind the seat. <laughs> we thought it was just going to pop up. Ha ha! LOL. Everybody laughed. Dude, it, it broke the cab of the truck off and it hit the ground. So yeah, and that then was, ran in and still <laughs> threw a yes. big paint balloon in there. Yep. So yeah, the 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 more organic you are, and the, and the Less hard you're trying, the better it's going to do. I, can I ask you something? It's weird to say, I want to be an influencer, right? So, like, for me, it's like, Don't okay. say that to Andy. No, I'm just saying. I'm, I, don't it, think it, in, I don't think in this day and age it is. Not for me, anymore. For me personally, it is. It Maybe at our age, at 35, but a yeah, kid coming out of high weird. school that wants to be an influencer, that's a pretty normal thing nowadays. What about for a 35-year-old? Because since we started the yeah. podcast, I've generated 1,500 followers. And I'm looking at it, I'm like, okay, maybe I can turn this into something. But for me, it's awkward to say, I want to be an it's influencer. We should say it, but like Vaughn said at the meeting, if you have friends, you're an influencer. You got one yeah. person that likes what you do, you're influencing that person. Whether you do it for good or bad, you have to accept the fact that you are an influencer for whoever is following your page. Right. So how do you go about being natural, being an influencer, and then how do you build a following from that? Do you know what I'm saying? I feel like is this it, is the something part. have to go viral for that to happen? Do you know what I mean? So here's the deal. You find your I, I like where you're going with that. Let me do this. 
I think we should do a separate podcast on social media, first of all, etiquette, and then the influencer section, which uh, is what the second day of the Academy was all about. This podcast, I wanted to just give you guys a quick rundown of how the Academy went, what it's about, and what to expect in the future. I think right after this, Marcus, we're going to sit down and talk about social media influencing. So you guys that would help basically tune into the next episode. Uh, it's literally going to be episode 13. We're going to talk about social media etiquette and influencing and what you can and should be doing, even if you don't have a brand yet or if you don't have a business. Like There's things that you can be doing right now. So we'll get into that. Um, and I won't take too much time uh, talking about the Academy. I want to wrap up and help you guys just understand where we're going this, what we're doing. Um, after Manspot talked about obviously what he does best and, and taught people a lot about being good influencers and creating good content, Van and his crew then got into like the nitty gritty of like, like when you go to Facebook and you create an ad account, it looks like you are in the matrix in the back end there. There's all kinds of buttons and charts and analytics and numbers and things that honestly, if you don't, if you haven't had a crash course in it, it is daunting. It is terrifying. Um, and so that's what Van has done really well here at our company. And we want to teach that to you. We want to teach that to every business owner because I literally believe that every single business can benefit from an online presence. I don't care what your business is. If you're a fencing company, if you're a logging company, if you're an online boutique, it doesn't matter. You can benefit from having a better presence online. So that's what we are teaching in the academy. And what we found out is two days is not enough time to make people social media advertising experts. So this is where I give you guys a big announcement. With the massive success of the Heavy Academy, with every single one of those 220 people saying that they would come back and they would spend the money again, like no questions asked, meaning they've, they've all got their value out of it, we're going to be releasing uh, future versions of the Academy, uh, 2.0, 3.0, and so on. I don't know how many levels we're going to get to, whether it's 5 or 10 or 15. I don't know. But the way it's going to work is pretty cool. Van and I have been talking about a format that basically allows us to throw one event and teach two different curriculums. Um, and the reason we're doing that is because guys throwing events is, is really expensive. Um, a lot of people don't realize this, but I was, I was $115,000 in to the heavy Academy before I even had one sale. Cause that's what we had to book the venue. We had to pay some agencies. We had to pay like a bunch of stuff before we even had a website that was able to collect money. I was like, so had people not showed up to the Academy, I would have just been out like that cash, whatever. That's, that's a risk that I was willing to take. I rolled the dice and I was confident in van and uh, the team to put together a good event. And then obviously we sold out and yeah, we made money. Like that's plain and simple. I've had so many, <laughs> that's something I'm going to rant about for a second. I had a guy the other day say, if you were a real influencer, you'd be teaching, uh, you'd be teaching people this stuff for free. And the guy was a roofer. Uh, I saw that on his profile. He was a roofer. And I was like, Hey, you're a good roofer, right? Tell me about how the really, really good, cause I mean, you're obviously not a great roofer because you're not doing roofs for free. Like tell me about how the really good roofers go out and do people's roofs for free. Is that a good business model? You know, I saw that. Yeah. I saw that, man. I wanted to jump through the computer and strangle that dude. It is, it is extremely frustrating because a lot of people think that we were just getting up there selling hot air. Um, now the people who came to the seminar are like our biggest freaking advocates. They were like, they pulled their swords out and just went to battle on social media, on the comments and helping people understand. But if you think that somebody who is successful owes you that information or owes you some sort of training or owes you some sort of like hand up, you are never going to be successful. You are going to be sad 
lonely and poor the rest of your life. I like that's just the way it is. And we're taking the trip to Arizona to toilet paper that dude's house. Absolutely, you know it's what I'm just, saying. The mentality, and it's just not it's not just that one guy. It's multiple uh, small minded. That's a mentality of a loser, right? right? Like, and, and I mean that in the nicest way, Mister Dude, whoever you are. Um, but you're a loser. That's that's a mentality of a loser. Anybody, most everybody here has mentors in every way, shape, or form, um, and have paid for like that's how I learned right. how to pay media. Like I bought courses to learn how to pay how to do paid media. That's- you you want to know what? I've been running this business. Um, I've been the CEO of our business since 2012, and these these are all things that we started learning in 2012. And we're just perfecting now. That means I've got seven years worth of payroll, seven years worth of investments. I'm probably five million bucks deep, if not more, on the things that we taught to people for six thousand dollars. Well, here's here's where the roofer is coming in. It's part of the social norm. I am entitled right. to know what you know for free. Kind of like pay for my college for free. Mm-hmm. It's it just goes right back to that mentality that so many people have fallen into. And it's like, do the work. Yep. Exactly. It's, you're not entitled to anything. You're not owed anything, exactly. especially not valuable information. And one point that I wanted to make, you have something, Dave? I was going to say, maybe you should uh, give this guy some bits of knowledge and he can do your roof on your house for free. Yeah. So that's one thing that I was, I was actually going to touch on that is um, I didn't let people in this event for free. Even friends, we were charging money to simply because when something's free, you don't value it. How much, how like, I get a ton of swag. Me and Diesel Dave get packages all the time sent to the office. Um, Dave appreciates swag probably more than anybody. I, I when, swag. when I get something for free, it usually just winds up in my closet. And I mean, unless it's something that I like was you know anticipating or really wanted. When it's free, you just don't attach any value to it because you didn't have to pay for it. You didn't have to sweat for it. You didn't have to feel the pain to own it. And so there's no way I'm going to open the doors of this academy and say, okay, everybody come on in for free because guess what? All they're going to do is be on their phone the whole time. They're going to chat. They're going to interrupt and they're not going to take it seriously and they're going to leave and make it a worse experience for everybody there. So a couple of things I'm getting at, it's never going to be free and it, there's no reason why it should ever be free. The Academy is a for-profit business. It's not a charity. This is not something that I, I'm involved in a lot of charities. I spend a ton of money. I looked at my taxes last year. I spent as like $550,000 of my own money on charities. So I spend money on charity. I don't, I don't have a problem with that. I believe in helping people, but this is not one of those situations. This is not, I believe it's helping people. And I believe that people are still getting like huge value for the money they're spending, but don't go around thinking that you're just going to get this stuff for free, like this information and this knowledge, because nobody's going to want to teach it to you. Well, and, and then what is the value you have on that knowledge? I mean, how much more did that impact people? when they had to pay a price or make sacrifices. That's what I'm saying. It. That means they were sitting there taking notes. I guarantee if I took the same two people, charged one full price and gave one free entry, the guy who paid full price took way better notes and left way more ambitious and ready because guess what he needs to do? He needs to make up that money he spent, that investment. He's going to make that investment and have a return for him. So that is the purpose of the Academy. So moving forward, guys, um, I have not released an official date. Go ahead, man spot. No, I was just going to say what I, what I really loved about the Academy is everything was uh, people who had proven results that pretty much came from nothing and they showed the results that they got from the hard work. Yeah. So everybody who was there was not exempt from the potential that they can have because they determined their own destiny, but everybody there 
wants to be better. They want to be more successful. And uh, the panel that we had there, it, it exactly showed from all different avenues, walks of life, of how you can be successful doing different things. But we're all at, at the same place at the same time, answering all the questions and teaching people from our experience how we were able to do what we were. Yeah. And the best part about the panel and everybody who spoke at the academy, there was not one professional public speaker there. Nobody who was a career, nobody, there was no career speakers. I think the, the most polished speaker was probably Andy because he has been paid to speak his stuff, but he hates it and he doesn't actually, he doesn't sign up uh, to speak anymore. I've seen him turn down deals. He turned down my money to come to the academy. He costs 75 grand an hour plus travel. His travel is $100,000. I should have paid Andy $175,000 for one hour being there. He was there for two days, eight hours a day, and he, he wouldn't let me pay him. And I, when I got to talking to him about it, I'm like, dude, why did you like... Why did you decide to help so much here? Like, what's the, what's the idea? What's going on? Two things, Dave. A, I believe in you, and I know that this was your first event, and you needed my support. I'm like, dude, like, from a friend standpoint, that's the coolest thing in the world. Two, I believe in the content. I believe in the curriculum. A week or two before the event, he said, hey, can you please send me the curriculum? I need to review it. I was like, oh, okay. Send it over to him. Sent me a text back like 30 minutes later. I'm in. I'm like, why? He's like, because I believe in what you're teaching. The stuff that you're teaching is actual, real, relevant stuff. You're not giving people rah-rah, get-rich-quick bullshit, which he is very anti, and I'm very anti. So uh, it was a good, you know, nice compliment for Van and I, the fact that he took a look at the, the curriculum and said, I'm in, and didn't, you know, and chose not to be paid because he believed in it that much. So that was pretty cool. Um, but guys, the Academy is something that can really, really benefit your life in more ways than just learning how to do social media. It's going to help you understand the basics of business and, and it's going to help you avoid a lot of those pitfalls. So version 2.0, um, not an official date yet, but towards the end of April, April 26th, 27th are dates that we're looking at. Um, and that's most likely when it's going to happen. It'll be either probably Vegas or Utah. Um, again, we, we ran a poll to see if people wanted it, uh, where they wanted it. And the locations where we thought people would want it, like Texas, Florida, California, they got no votes. Turns out, and it's actually really no surprise to me, Utah is very entrepreneurial, but they want it here. And so it's going to be either in one of the, you know, Vegas or Utah. And, um, it's going to work like this for a first time attendee. If you're somebody who, you know, you, we're basically, we're not going to let you move up the ranks until you're ready. It's just like when you went to school, you couldn't jump from sophomore to senior without having the information, without the knowledge. And so Van is developing, um, he's not even developing, he already has it ready, uh, a, a second curriculum that's basically anybody who attended it for the first time is now going to graduate to the 2.0 level and they're going to get more in-depth, hands-on, one-on-one training of how to implement the strategies that we taught and really, like, you need that. Anybody who attended it, you have to have that stuff. We have support groups, uh, we have a Facebook group and, and a bunch of other stuff that we're developing where people who attended can kind of come and, and lean on us and lean on each other and learn. But really, you need that second step. I will tell you this, uh, for second time attendees, it's gonna be way more affordable than the 6,000 bucks. We needed you to make that first initial investment simply because it cost us a lot to get this thing off the ground. And we needed your buy-in. Like, you, you had to buy in on this and, and treat it, take it as something serious. And those of you that did, you're there. And so for the people that are gonna attend the Academy 1.0, which is the next event, um, you're going to have to pay a little higher price to get in than the 2.0 customers are paying. Uh, we will bring the overall pricing down a little bit because we're able to. We found out what works, what doesn't work, and we're able to kind of cut some costs and figure out 
that, you know, the $6,000 ticket, we know that a lot of people wanted to attend, but they couldn't. So we're aware of that. We're conscious of that. And we're going to bring the pricing to a level where we feel like um, it's still good for our business. It's still good. We can put on a good event. Like it's not cheap. Like Marcus isn't free and I would never expect him to be free. I want to pay him. Um, and so that's, that's, that's how the, the pricing and stuff is going to be affected. And we're just going to keep doing these and we're just going to keep on making more millionaires. That's kind of the way I view it. We're going to keep making more successful business people out of all of you who are listening. So it doesn't matter what your business is. Um, you should probably sign up. And if you have a question, like if you legitimately are wondering whether it's a right fit for your business, DM us or message us. Um, Van or find is, the I, comments of everybody who wants. Yeah. I don't you think there's I mean? a business that's excluded. Like as time progresses, more and more media will be on your telephone. Everything's on your cell phone. They're not going to do billboards. And because you don't look, what's the first thing you do when a TV comes? Do any of you even have TV anymore? I don't watch it. It's like Netflix, and that's just for me and See my wife. Playoffs. But like, I, wa- I watch TV. I watch a lot of sports. The second a commercial comes on, I pull my phone out. Switch it. Yep. First yep. thing I do, Is- I pull my phone out, scroll through my stuff. So eventually, everything will be on your cell phone. You will sell everything on a phone. Uh, and it's just going to get more and more apparent the, the further we go that you're gonna, your business is going to mean to be on somebody's phone. Yeah, no, I agree. And that is what we're going to teach you how to do, and we're going to make you a lot of money doing it. I'm very confident in that. Um, everybody who on the speaking side of the academy was there is damn excited for the next one. Manspot, you feeling good? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling great. I've gotten blown up with a lot of different questions. A lot of people just at, wanting to get more into the brands, you know, what would be good for my brand? And, and I just realized how how uh, this this whole uh, academy made so many people realize what they are or aren't lacking. And right. a lot of people did say we have entirely changed our whole direction of marketing from this academy. Yeah, like immediately implementing it. And guess what that means? That means they're going to make money. Exactly. They're going to make more money than they were making before because they're not making the same damn mistakes. And it's fast results. Very fast results. Like you can like the things that Van taught on day two. If you had your laptop at the academy, you could literally be following along and doing all the stuff that he was teaching and making money. Like that's the way it works. I've been blown away to see successful, big, high-profile dudes like BJ Baldwin and Andy Frazella and um, Sean Whalen and Rob Bailey and you and all of us. Like I'm getting texts and messages every day from these dudes. Like when's the next one? When's the next academy? I did not expect that out of BJ Baldwin. He loved it more than anybody. Like he was like literally like kind of like the student and the teacher at the same time. So BJ, big shout out to you for coming, dude. That was like, nobody knew he was coming. It was kind of a last minute, uh, you know, um, bonus. And guys, if people that are successful and are high levels like some of these people are that excited for this next event, that's saying something. And if you have a question about it or you wonder whether it's the right thing for you or not, Go to any one of our posts where we've posted about it and find the people that are talking about it that actually attended it and, and get a genuine like answer from them. Hit them up in the DMs or message and, and ask them privately what they think. And I am confident enough to say that every single person that attended will come back and they would tell you to do the same. So the Heavy Academy was a huge hit, like <laughs> such a freaking blessing for us because uh, it's something that we really want to do. But in order to justify doing it, it has to be successful. People have to come. And, and that, I, I love how it's, uh, it's called the Academy because when you go for, you know, um, the first one or the second one, there's so much more to learn. Well, yes. Obviously we don't have time to talk about everything in, in two days. Right. Dude, it would but, blow your mind what I was able to actually go through the amount of content that I had to go through. And we just, the knowledge wasn't there yet, but as we go through a 2.0 and a 3.0, like the more in depth you can get into like online advertising and social media marketing, like you can get way more granular. 
Uh, so I'm, I'm pumped for the 2.0 people that are going to learn the first stuff and say, oh, that was great. And then teach them the more advanced stuff. Right. Uh, I'm so excited. And that was one of Van's biggest stresses. And I, I totally applaud the dude for it because he wanted to make sure that everybody who attended was getting like their money's worth and getting their value. And so did I. But Van knows what's going to make you money tomorrow. And that's the stuff he's like, I could see like literally pain in his eyes when I kept changing the schedule a little bit to like add a little time here for this guy and take away time here. And then just like, I see him just like borderline, like in tears because he does not want, like, it's a lot. It takes a lot of time and energy to be able to learn this stuff. But guys, it freaking works. Like the bottom line is the concept has been proven and now we're just going to grow it, scale it. And we want you guys to join along with us because I want every single person listening to this podcast. If you're taking the time to listen to this podcast, I want you to be successful because you're already taking the right steps. Like Jake, you know, the young man that we mentioned at the top of the podcast who basically said he was willing to sweep the floor for a chance to attend. He's, I think he's one of the only people who got in for free. And I kind of snuck him in the back door. Yeah, he didn't honest. have a seat. I didn't ask. He didn't know. have a seat. He didn't have a name badge. He didn't no, have any of this he stuff. He stood on the side of the stage with us. But yeah, I, that, he was a little worried that he was going to get me in trouble. And I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll roll the dice. Yeah, you were willing to vouch for him. So Heavy Academy, uh, it's theheavyacademy.com or you can go to heavydsparks.com and it's got all the information on there. Uh, we do not have the next Academy up on the site yet, but we will very soon and we'll announce those details. And I, I have a feeling that this one is legitimately probably going to sell out within the next within a few days of launching it simply because everybody who came already knows now what it is and so uh when we do launch it guys act fast we're not the type of people that are going to turn people away if we can let you in so if that means that within two days we sell out well then hell we might go look for a bigger venue like that's going to cost us a ton of money it's going to be a big pain in the ass but we want everybody to be able to learn but at the same time we're not going to overcrowd this to where there's 5,000 people in there and it's just too big to learn. So it's always going to be a fairly intimate setting. Um, and in the next group, we're actually going to break the 1.0 students away from the 2.0 students and they'll actually have their own different learning areas. Um, and the 2.0 people are going to be like laptops out, going to work with Van and figuring out how to make money. Not just Van, but everybody that Van works with. Van has this whole team of guys. What was your buddy's name? Shout out to Trevor yes. from Disruptive. John, he runs our email. Uh, and then also Sam, who does his own Shopify stuff and drives traffic. So, very, very smart guys. I mean, all super, super smart marketers. Uh, they did a fantastic job. But what they teach uh, cannot be perfected in 30 minutes. So oh, no. you're going to get some more time with them. Um, and that's what you get for paying your dues and coming to the first event. Now you're going to get support from like people that are actually doing it and making it. So the Heavy Academy, like one of the coolest things I think any of us have been a part of. And it's just barely getting started. There's so much more to come. So if you're interested, check out those websites. Like I said, um, we'll probably reference the Heavy Academy a lot on these websites or on, on these uh, podcasts. And then also I want you guys to know that everybody at this table um, – as much as we're able, we're willing to interact and associate with you online and answer any questions. Uh, Marcus is Big Marcus Wing um, at Big Marcus Wing on Instagram. That's where you're most active. Uh, you've got Kenny Thompson, who is at Kenneth Thompson. We're probably going to have to change that. Uh, that we're going to talk about Kenneth, Kenny's brand here in the next podcast because he's the last guy at the oh, table is who is is being like getting ready to go through the brand fire. So Ugh. that's one thing that we're getting ready to work on. Um, and you actually have to get a physical brand too. 
And okay. Manspot, Manspot already has one that he lined up for you. So I got you. Oh, um, and then obviously I'm heavy D Sparks. I am probably the hardest to get a hold of because my DMs. I'm talking thousands a day, so I just can't keep up. I do what I can though, and then my uh, awesome assistant Hands without the Hands with no D, he actually gets in there and does a bunch of answering as well. Um, it's your boy Van at It's your boy Van. Uh, just follow that page. <laughs> if for nothing else. Watch some of the videos he Hilarious. posts. Hilarious. It's, it's, it's great. Just keep in mind that Van is... Don't take me too serious. These, yeah, Van, <laughs> these are jokes. Van is serious about 1% of the time, and that's pretty much when he's teaching at the academy. Other than that, uh, the guy is is probably making fun of you, but it's it's good. It's cool. You like but it. I, but I love you. Yeah, he and does I'm, love you. I, but I'm going to make fun of you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then you've got the man spot, at the man spot on Instagram, which that's where you're most active. Yes, um, where, where are you at now? What's your following? Uh, five-ish gosh, we're getting up there yeah. we're, we're almost to five that's freaking awesome dude that's I've been watching your page grow since I don't know when but I feel like when I first, first, first started following you I was like oh he's at 100 grand this guy's got something going on it's just like boom rocket ship so congrats on that congrats. and then you. the last uh, username here is it's kind of a tricky one so get your get, your, get your pens underscore. and paper out if you have the underscore button on your phone so it's actually the dash button you just have to hold shift it's and the then the underscore button <laughs> will, will pop up so it's uh, at the underscore diesel underscore dave so um never heard of him (laughs) one thing that i say her i try to (laughs) preach is get rid of like simplify your brand as much as possible i'm still working on convincing my best friend to do that but maybe one day um do you answer your dms all the time do you really oh yeah i didn't know that i don't i haven't been able to answer all of them i have a lot yeah we get a lot i spend a good Half hour to an hour a day trying to respond to people. Dude, I got to, I just, real quick, this is like kind of unrelated, but it's the funniest text I've gotten in a while. The muscle is very, very active in responding to DMs. Like, he responds <laughs> yeah, to he every is. single message he gets. Yeah. And he sent me a screenshot today. You guys will love this. Um, just out of the blue, get this screenshot from him. And it's him responding to some random person who messaged him Hey, is Heavy D leaving the show? Muscle says, yes, he has decided to go back to the railroad. <laughs> and the guy goes, what's the railroad? Sad to see him go. And Muscle goes, yeah, sad day. But you know how it goes when the railroad calls, you have to listen. <laughs> dude, dude, I laughed my freaking balls off for like an hour. I, I sent him a video Time of me laughing, in. and he sent me a video of him back still like cry laughing. So if you just. We've, about, we've all been called to the railroad, right? It, listen, when it calls, like, what are you going to do? Like, you got to pick up and go, so. It's been fun though, guys. Like the Heavy Academy and everything. I'm glad I had that time with you, but I do got to get back to the railroad. So, yeah, I do. Um, checklist items. Checklist items. Um, I've got one. Okay, let's hear it. So coming from the Academy at the end, we were uh, under the impression we had an hour to tear out of the venue. So that means we had to move sound, lighting, all kinds of intricate parts. Anyways, I've been talking to the venue owner all day about doing work there, you know, because they do events every week. And so I'm like, man, I want to get in with this guy. Anyways, at the end, I'm under the impression we have to be out of there an hour, so we are running, basically, to get out of there. And uh, he noticed our hustle, and he was like, hey, man, like most companies take two, three hours to get out of here. Your setup was way bigger, and you were out in like an hour and a half. Anyway, so I got th- thinking about it. Uh, maybe in life, in your business, or whatever you're doing in your work is uh, walk with a purpose, pick up your pace. I see so many guys that work for me and they're just kind of like slowly moving. Those guys don't last long, but the guys that are hustling and whatever they're doing, those are the guys that I find value in. And for me, I try to be at the forefront of that and I'm always moving. So walk with a purpose. Yeah. Um, And walk with a purpose means move faster. Move. Don't lollygag. Don't drag your feet. And and pay attention to the way that you walk too. Like if you're, 
Van, is it you that kind of tiptoes? Hell no, I don't tip. I feel like swagger. You, I don't swagger. you don't drive. I was going to say, it, it depends on what shoes I walk wearing. weird if I'm yeah. wearing a specific J that I'm not trying to crease. That makes sense. You're trying to not scuff your shoes and, and maybe, damage them. Okay. Maybe, that, but that I actually don't makes tip-toe. sense. It's kind of a tiptoe. Nah. It's more like a. It's more gangster. Yeah, no, it's, a, it's like a gangster tiptoe, like a gangster trying to sneak out of his house. Uh, I'll take it. Yeah, so. <laughs> no, I know somebody who. Marcus, you kind of scuff your feet a little bit sometimes. That's probably because your legs are nine feet long. Well, that and I've broken my foot and had three surgeries right. and multiple knee surgeries. Sometimes I walk with a little gangster limp. limp. But you still move. You move pretty fast. So. Oh, I'll move faster than anybody. I love that, dude. That's a great item. So item number one, guys, is walk with a purpose, pick up the pace, move faster. You can do it. And you will find that, holy shit, you got an extra day or an extra hour, two hours, three hours in your day. People are going to respect you, too. For sure. It's There's- proven. It's proven. People that walk quicker, other people will respect them. Yeah. Well, and they also say that people will walk to your busy. speed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, item number two is, it was actually number one, but I let Marcus's go first because Thanks, I like man. his. Item number two, like I was saying at the top of the podcast, find yourself a good negotiator or mediator, especially if you're going through something, whether it be in business or personal life. And that, guys, it doesn't have to be a paid mediator. Go find somebody that you feel could give you like a good neutral third party position, maybe a mutual friend of a friend that you're in an argument with, something like that, and talk through things. Don't try to, you don't have to handle this yourself. Like there's, there's other ways to resolve disputes and get shit done rather than just coming to like, you know, standstill or like a, a standoff, I guess, with the other parties. So do that. And then we're going to keep this one simple. Item number three, go sign up for the Heavy Academy. Like, that's it. Just go do it. Because um, if you're a business owner or if you want to make money with the business or add value, that's one thing that we didn't even talk about. You could create huge value within an organization that you actually work in by attending the Heavy Academy by being a marketing person, there was a couple people down there that actually kind of blew me away. I, I found people that were, they worked for companies and they came and they were learning. I'm like, you're not, you don't have your own business? They're like, no, I'm learning this because I want to go implement it and make money with my company. You realize that's what I did with you guys, right? Like the first conference I went to, I paid for myself to huh. go to the marketing conference to learn stuff for you. That's a good point. I, I had not put two and two together on that. So you don't necessarily have to own your own business. You can just go create a ton of value. And uh, even if you're not going to implement this stuff right away, it's just, it was a powerful, powerful thing. So I suggest all of you guys go sign up for it. So that's number three. And that is going to wrap up uh, this podcast. Next episode, you guys, we're going to talk about social media, do's, don'ts, and etiquette. And I think you're really, really going to enjoy it. Even if you don't have a business, Like there's things that you just shouldn't do online and we're going to help you understand what those things are. So thank you for joining us as always. um, The best thing you guys can do to kind of repay us for our time and energy spent here is just share this with your friends and family. Like uh, if you got something out of this, make a post on Instagram or or, uh, Facebook tag, heavy checklist um, tag us and let this grow and spread it out there. So thanks so much guys. We'll see you soon.